J.C. Ryle's Devotional Thoughts on the Gospel of Luke Section 81 The Wise and Faithful Servant Luke chapter 12, verses 41 through 48 Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men-servants and the maidens, and to eat and to drink and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. We learn firstly from these verses the importance of doing in our Christianity. Our Lord is speaking of his own second coming. He's comparing his disciples to servants waiting for their master's return, who have each their own work to do during his absence. Blessed, he says, is that servant whom his master, when he comes, shall find so doing. The warning has doubtless a primary reference to ministers of the gospel. They are the stewards of God's mysteries who are specially bound to be found doing when Christ comes again. But the words contain a further lesson, which all Christians would do well to consider. That lesson is the immense importance of a working, practical, diligent, useful religion. The lesson is one which is greatly needed in the churches of Christ. We hear a great deal about people's intentions and hopes and wishes and feelings and professions. It would be better if we could hear more about people's practice. It is not the servant who is found wishing and professing, but the servant who is found doing, whom Jesus calls blessed. The lesson is one which many, unhappily, shrink from giving, and many more shrink from receiving. We are gravely told that to talk of working and doing is legalistic and brings Christians into bondage. Remarks of this kind should never move us. They savour of ignorance or rebellion. The lesson before us is not about justification, but about sanctification, not about saving faith, but about holiness of life. The point is not what a man should do to be saved, but what a saved man ought to do. The teaching of Scripture is clear and express upon this subject. A saved man ought to be careful to maintain good works. Titus chapter 3 verse 8 The desire of a true Christian ought to be to be found doing. If we love life, then let us resolve by God's help to be doing Christians.
This is to be like Christ. He went about doing good. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. This is to be like the apostles. They were men of deeds, even more than of words. This is to glorify God. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. John chapter 15, verse 8. This is to be useful to the world. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. We learn, secondly, from these verses, the dreadful danger of those who neglect the duties of their calling. Of such our Lord declares that they shall be cut in pieces and their portion appointed with the unbelievers. These words no doubt apply especially to the ministers and teachers of the gospel. Yet we must not flatter ourselves that they are confined to them. They're probably meant to convey a lesson to all who fill offices of high responsibility. It is a striking fact that when Peter says at the beginning of the passage, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? Our Lord gives him no answer. Whoever occupies a position of trust and neglects his duties would do well to ponder this passage and learn wisdom. The language which our Lord Jesus uses about slothful and unfaithful servants is particularly severe. Few places in the Gospels contain such strong expressions as this. It is a vain delusion to suppose that the Gospel speaks nothing but smooth things. The same loving Saviour who holds out mercy to the uttermost, to the penitent and believing, never shrinks from holding up the judgments of God against those who despise his counsel. Let no man deceive us on this subject. There is a hell for such an one as goes on still in his wickedness, no less than a heaven for the true believer in Jesus. There is such a thing as the wrath of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 6, verse 16. Let us strive so to live that whenever the heavenly Master comes, we may be found ready to receive him. Let us watch our hearts with a godly jealousy and beware of the least symptom of unreadiness for the Lord's appearing. Especially let us beware of any rising disposition to lower our standard of Christian holiness, to dislike people who are more spiritually minded than ourselves, and to conform to the world. The moment we detect such a disposition in our hearts, we may be sure that our souls are in great peril. The professing Christian who begins to persecute God's people and to take pleasure in worldly society is on the high road to eternal ruin. We learn, lastly, from these verses that the greater a man's religious light is, the greater is his guilt if he's not converted. The servant which knew his master's will but did not do it shall be beaten with many stripes. Unto whom much is given, of him shall much be required. The lesson of these words is one of wide application. It demands the attention of many classes. It should come home to the conscience of every professing Christian. His judgment shall be far more strict than that of the heathen who never saw the Bible. 
It should come home to every hearer of the gospel. If he remains unconverted, then he is far more guilty than the inhabitant of some dark land who never hears any teaching but a sort of semi-heathen morality. It should come home to every child and servant in Christian families. All such are far more blameworthy in God's sight than those who live in houses where there's no honor paid to the word of God and prayer. Let these things never be forgotten. Our judgment at the last day will be according to our light and opportunities. What are we doing ourselves with our religious knowledge? Are we using it wisely and turning it to good account? Or are we content with the barren saying, we know it, we know it, and secretly flattering ourselves that the mere knowledge of our Lord's will makes us better than others, while that will is not done? Let us beware of eternal mistakes. The day will come when unimproved knowledge will be found the most perilous of possessions. Thousands will awake to find that they are in a lower place in hell than the most ignorant and idolatrous heathen. Their knowledge not used and their light not followed will only add to their condemnation.